Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> Franchise Pro. Franchise pros, stand the man, Paul Segretto. Time to show you the way of franchising today. Hey, do you possess the spirit of an entrepreneur? Wanna lay your business plan down like a rug or a floor? Or maybe you have a dream of opening a chain of delis? Or whatever passion lights that pilot light under your belly? Or do you want to start a business, fam, using the proven trademark from another brand? Huh. And grow together and expand like a rage of fire From a single to a multi-unit empire Well pay attention to this podcast that you hear is streaming in HD to fine tune both your ears And standing Paul lays down the law Whether you want to be a franchisee or a franchisor It's all about sustainable growth The sensible franchising Proving concepts to start enterprises So use your left and right side of your brain And absorb this knowledge here franchising today Franchising today, sustainable growth, the sensible franchising. Franchise today, sustainable growth, the sensible franchising. Franchise today. Franchise today. Franchising today. Hello, everyone in the franchise world. My name is Paul Segreto, and this is Franchise Today. I guess we had a little bit of a technical snafu at the beginning as Badlands Booker opened up the show for us. And of course, my guest, my co-host, Stan Friedman, is with me from Atlanta, getting ready to head up to Buffalo. Stan, how are you today? And will you be seeing Badlands this weekend? Can't wait. I will be seeing Badlands and Joey Chestnut and the entire crew. And the National Buffalo Wing Festival is approaching and the countdown is on to, I think this is my 16th year in Buffalo for Wingfest. Wow. It's been a long time, well, but it's been a ton the, uh, of fun. Yep, and I guess the cleanse diet starts on Tuesday next week? <laughs> yeah, real, you know, if, uh, if guys like Badlands can do it for a living, I think I can do it once a year, and that's about it. But you're <laughs> right. It's, uh, <laughs> they don't, I'm, I'm not sure which is worse, uh, the consumption of wings or the consumption of beer, but neither one is really good for you. So, yeah, you're right. Next week, it's cleanse. (laughs) Yep. A little bit of wing sauce in between, and it's uh, on to uh, Walgreens for some uh, Rolaids and uh, and a little bit of a cleanse. So what's going on in the world of franchising, Stan? Got a couple of things in the front of the house today, Paul. Something new I want to start today is I'd like to shout out the birthdays of the week, and I don't know what it is about this time of the year. But this week, I think there are more birthdays in franchising than I've seen ever before. So let's make this a new feature on the show, Paul, and let's start with Sunday's birthdays and two luminaries in IFA leadership, both Shelly Sun and Doc Cohn, uh, celebrated birthdays wow. on Sunday. And then we moved into Monday where Tim Mady and Larry Myers, both of FC Datsun, had a shared day on Monday. Nick Neonakis, CEO at the Franchise consulting uh, group on uh, on the same day and then mark siebert ceo of i franchise group yesterday chris persifka my old friend who i've known way back in his days as coo at focus brands and then later at kahala 
current CEO of the brand group and Phoenix celebrated a birthday. Brandy Zickerfoos, customer success manager at Listen360. Today, Doug Smith, our friend, good old friend Doug Smith. I haven't seen or talked with him in too long. It's, I'm going to have to give him a personal birthday wish today as well. Uh, Doug's at First Watch Breach Solutions. Ken Caldwell, VP of Development at Your Pie Franchising. Tomorrow, our good friend Paul Wolbert. Um, and let's round out the week with um, multi-unit franchisee of Days Gone By, uh, IFA leader, as well as a Duncan Brands leader, George Zagrafos celebrates a birthday on Friday. So tell me, Paul, what's in the water? You know, that's a lot of birthdays in one particular time of the year. That is. That, that, <laughs> hey, I'm honored to have had my birthday within the seven-day period of, of Doc and Shelley. Hey, I, I, I hope some of that wisdom rubs off on me for sure. Yeah, I could agree with you, buddy. Hey, Paul, sometimes it takes painful events in life to make better things happen. And um, I'll, I'll share two with you. Uh, one that I noted this week in Fortune magazine is a great interview with um, our friend Shane Evans talking about how Massage Heights was born out of a back injury that had her needing to go get massages to ease her pain at a time when she really couldn't afford the price of a massage as frequently as she wanted one. Well, out of that painful event came 147 franchised units in the U.S. and Canada and a company that now enjoys more than $110 million in revenue. Again, sometimes it takes a painful event to, uh, to bring some good from it. And on another note, similarly, although this one not so, um, you know, not so pleasantly, we all know about the train wreck that's been happening at Papa John's. And um, the beleaguered pizza chain um, is out now with a social media campaign featuring some commercials that are basically apologizing to their audience of, of customers and, and raving fans for the utterance of some foul, um, you know, the CEO uh, used some bad language in, in making uh, racially charged comments about the NFL and the position of the NFL with players. Um, at the end of the day, the, the franchise company is making uh, steep concessions to franchisees who are suffering from the backlash. And they've also uh, begun looking at putting programs together to encourage minority ownership and to bring franchised businesses into communities that they serve with better representation and ownership of the communities that they serve. So again, it's a terrible way for a good thing to happen, but it looks like there may be a cultural change at Papa John's, albeit it's going to take a very long time to turn the corner that they're, um, and, and climb the hill that they're, that they're looking at ahead of them, but we wish them the best of luck as well. And Paula, for the front of the house, I think we'll park it there so that we don't take any more time than that from our great guest today, Steve Greenbaum. You know, I think it's interesting, uh, Stan, you know, you talk about that Papa John situation and, and talk about, you know, culture in an organization. And, of course, culture is all uh, predicated on, you know, people and treating people well and responsibly and as you would want to be treated and with the utmost respect. And I can't think of another leader in franchising than today's guest that really lives that uh, every day. As a matter of fact, not even knowing that you were going to talk about Papa John's today, I had pulled a quote uh, from Steve 
uh, in a recent article, and it says, on the notion of values alone, that's probably one of the key drivers because when you have a clear set of values, they can vary from company to company. I use that as a filter, and of course, today's uh, title for the show is Building a People-Focused In-Home Care Brand, and uh, I'd like to welcome back to the show, I think it's the third time, Steve Greenbaum. Steve, welcome again. Hey, thank you, Paul. It's uh, it's an honor to be here. Thank you both. Great to have well, you. Really with us today. Uh, appreciate it. And of course, for our listeners um, that uh, may have known you from you know PostNet days, which are not too long ago, you know Steve is currently the CEO of Comfort Care Healthcare Holdings, a premier provider of non-medical in-home care with nearly 200 locations throughout the U.S., Canada, and the U.K. Uh, in this role and for Comfort Care's private equity partnership with the Riverside Company. He's also creating and leading a multi-brand franchise parent company with the recent acquisition of Care Patrol, the the nation's largest senior placement organization, and, of course, there are more expansion plans uh, across uh, home care for aging uh, adults. And, you know, Steve, a lot of us know you for for many, many years, uh, going back to the uh, early days of, you know, post-net, but still for the listeners that, that don't, uh, and as I always ask our guests to start the show, you know, franchising seems to, to pop up and find us. We don't wake up one day and say, you know what, I think I'll go into franchising today. So if you would, uh, take us back down memory lane a little bit to how franchising found you and, uh, and kind of give us a quick overview through the years to where we are today. Yeah, I'd be happy to. And if you don't mind, before we get started, I'd like to also just wish all of our dear friends in franchising that you mentioned happy birthdays. Uh, quite a quite a honorable group of people you mentioned. Um, so I actually got involved uh, in my early 20s, which would have been the early 80s, in the retail um, mailbox rental business, um, and developed about 400 independent mail-in parcel centers um, till about the time that I found franchising. And fundamentally, what had happened is I didn't know or understand what franchising was, but we were developing these independent businesses. And then uh, when the Gulf War uh, came in the early 90s, uh, there were a lot of concerns about our ability to continue. We didn't have a trademark. We didn't have a royalty. And just interestingly enough for our listeners, I attended a conference put on by Phil Zeidman and Brett Lowell in Beverly Hills called Franchising. And I just, I just got bit by the franchising bug and um, came back to my, you know, to our small business, I will call it, and made the decision to franchise and actually uh, put our FDD in place, identified, you know, created the trademark PostNet and then began franchising in July of 1993, and of course, uh, from 1993 till I left the business, which was in April of 17, we developed over 660 locations in multiple countries um, throughout the world, the largest master franchisee being in Southern Africa with uh, nearly 350 locations, and um, was just just a great experience and a great journey for me. That's that's yeah, it is quite a uh, a journey, and of course, you know, just recently, you um, divested yourself of 
you know, post-net and put it in the hands of some, some very um, reputable people, I would imagine. And you took a little bit of time, but of course, you found your way right back into franchising. So if you would, just kind of give us a little bit of, uh, of what that journey was like. Yeah, well, I, you know, it's interesting for folks on the call or that are listening to this later. Um, when you've kind of defined yourself in a business, in an organization, in an industry, uh, there's a there's a bit of a kind of a coming to terms with that identity that you've you've learned to live with and that has you know kind of uh, been created as a result of your involvement with an organization. So I spent a little bit of time kind of trying to reflect and figure out who I was. Uh, at the end of that journey, but in the process, there were a number of opportunities that made themselves available to me, uh, folks interested in leadership at a variety of levels. And um, it was uh, really only about three or four months after um, the transaction closed with PostNet that I was contacted by the Riverside Group. And um, I was honored, quite frankly, that they uh, saw an opportunity for someone like me to provide the type of leadership that they were looking for and um, decided that that might be the right approach for me. Now, subsequently, and I'm happy to talk about any, any elements of that decision with you, um, I can tell you that uh, I feel like I'm where I should be at this time in my life and my career, notwithstanding uh, you know, missing a lot of my dear friends and past franchise owners from PostNet and my coworkers there. Um, but uh, really an exciting opportunity with a wonderful group of people that do meaningful work every day. You know, Steve, I have had conversations with you offline and shared with you um, how I sometimes just think you're too rough on yourself. You know, you are an IFA leader as well. And, and you're not just defined by your leadership at PostNet, but look at the service you've done for IFA and the awards that you've taken in honor of the things that you do in entrepreneurship and in leadership and in franchising. So um, I'm only going to say that one time, but come on, man, you're, you're an important person in, in the world of franchising and it, it goes and it transcends a single brand. Talk a little bit about your involvement with IFA and, and your passion for service and paying it forward. Sure, absolutely, and, th and thank you for your kind words. And I'm I'm just honored to serve and thrilled to be a part of any organization that cares about people, cares about value proposition, and cares about you know do doing the right thing. So so I'm just happy to be here and of service. But um, I got involved in IFA in 1991 when I made that decision to franchise, and I will tell you I have um, a number of times referred to the conversation that Scott Lair and I had at IFA, where Scott basically said, you seem like a bright guy. I think there's a real opportunity for you in leadership here. I think you should start on some committees and you should think about um, getting involved. And so I actually uh, went to, well, not went to service, but started uh, serving IFA uh, on the membership committee under Joanne Shaw, who is the first woman chair of the association and and one of the most amazing women that I know in franchising among a lot of incredibly amazing women as we all know and um, I did that for about a year or two and, and uh, Joanne was looking I think she was moving into the chairmanship at that time and other things were happening so I was asked to serve um, chairing that committee 
chaired that committee for a number of years, and of course, you guys know me well enough to know that through that work on the committee, I was ready to you know reinvent the world of franchising and expand IFA globally, <laughs> and you know, <laughs> and do everything in between. But it was through that service that I had an opportunity to. Um, get involved in the educational foundation. I chaired the foundation for a few years. I had an opportunity to work with the Finance Audit and Budget Committee. Um, I worked in a number of committees of service, uh, FranPAC, and then was invited to um, serve on the executive committee, with, which ultimately led to my chairmanship uh, at the association. The other highlight of my career there, quite frankly, was I was asked by Matt Shea to serve, um, to lead a strategic planning committee for the World Franchise Council, which to me was an incredible honor to be asked to work with what would be the equivalent of the United Nations of franchising on a plan to move that entire organization forward for the better of franchising worldwide. So, um, like I said, I've been I've been very fortunate and very excited about being a part of not just being a good franchisor, but being a good citizen in the community. So Steve was honored with the IFA's Entrepreneur of the Year Award in 2003, the Gary Rockwell Award for Excellence in Franchise Development in 2004, and then served as chairman of the IFA's Educational Foundation in 2005 and was the actual chairman of the Hall Shooting Match in uh, 2008. So quite a background and quite a foundation that you bring with you to the Riverside into Comfort Care, and uh, tell us a little bit about that, Steve. It's a whole new world for you, and I know that you have a vision for how you're going to attack this portion of your career, and uh, talk a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. So um, when I was approached by Riverside, you know, I thought, wow, that's a that's an area in which I have no real experience. I've had great relationships with some, I think, of the best and brightest in franchising that operate similar businesses. But um, I'll tell you, Stan, one of the things that caught me about, it's very, what I've learned about being in this industry is that people um, have some relationship with the work that we do. It's either, um, you know, how their loved one was cared for at the time their loved one needed care or things they could have would have liked to have done different or better. Um, and, and I even had a personal experience with that with both my parents. So that was one of the hooks. And I think the other piece of it is it was as simple as when I, when I looked at the company and met the organization, their key objective was to help their clients live their best life possible. And I kind of, that, that really resonated with me. Um, in my former career, um, we went from a retail shipping brand to more of a business services provider. And the value-based opportunity I saw was in helping small businesses thrive and succeed in a rapidly, you know, highly changing, highly competitive environment where people at the small business level didn't have the kind of resources that they needed to be successful. But when you look at this model, and the opportunity to serve people's loved ones, to allow them to age in place in their home, uh, to make a difference in their lives every day, to help them live their best life possible, that was a calling for me and really is kind of functionally what I wake up and I look at when I'm in this role every day 
saying, are we as an organization helping our clients live their best life possible? Um, is my team and our teams in this organization living their best life possible? Most importantly, our caregivers, who are the people that are taking care of, you know, the, the, the people we're entrusted with living their best life possible. And it was that notion that really drives my passion in this business. You know, it's interesting. Uh, remember, you know, thinking back about, you know, your appearance on Undercover Boss and, of course, uh, Shelly Sun's appearance on Undercover Boss um, as the, uh, the CEO and founder of Brightstar. And so when I heard or read that you were going over to Comfort Care, first thought was, hmm, PostNet to Comfort. And then I stopped and I thought about your emotions as you were going through um, Undercover Boss. And, of course, we only saw a glimpse of that. But, you know, your emotions were real. And I remember, you know, Shelley's emotions were real. And I thought, you know what, I could see Steve. Uh, in in this type of of industry, and I think he'll he'll do well here. If you would, you know, share a little bit about undercover experience. Because I know from having talked with you at, at at different conferences, you had mentioned that it was a life changing event, and certainly that had to contribute to where you are today. Yeah, yeah. And before I did that, I'd just like to comment and say that um, you know, I'm Shelley's son is a incredibly gifted executive and someone I'm really thrilled to call a friend. So even the comparison, I'm, I really much, very much appreciate. And we did have the same experience with Undercover Boss, and we've talked about it. But, um, you know, I will tell you that a lot of folks, anyone on the phone, uh, you know, that's listening into this that, you know, has built a business from the ground up or is very serious about how you're emotionally connected to your people in your organization, you know, you really value – you really feel like you know a lot. You understand the people. You understand the culture very, very much. And it's those moments where you go, oh, my gosh, how did that get away from me? And I think that, you know, the experience on Undercover Boss was, first of all, you got to be willing to open yourself up and be transparent and tell your story. And that's challenging enough uh, just because some of us don't go to the level of depth that you're going to go to in an experience like that because that's what makes it interesting. Um, to the audience, but um, more importantly, I just think that um, learning for myself in my organization that I really didn't uh, think about the business from the perspective of our franchisees' employees, that I had spent so much time thinking about franchisee satisfaction, franchisee engagement, franchisee profitability, uh, you know, uh, uh, franchisees knowing, feeling, and understanding the true respect, and it sounds corny, but almost love we had for the brand, the organization, for them, and how important that was. But, but there was the, the people, the, the names, the faces that I didn't know that represented the brand, represented the culture. And so the Undercover Boss experience had me leave going, wow, we did a wonderful job organizationally. Maybe not as, you know, wonderful is a, a big term. Maybe we could have done better, but we did a pretty darn good job. I think our franchisees knew how we felt and feel and what we cared about. But I'm pretty sure for a very long time, the franchisees employee had no clue who we were, what we cared about, how important, how special the organization was that we were building. And so, you know, 
taking that knowledge to a new opportunity here and understanding we literally have thousands of caregivers all over the country that are serving uh, the folks and the families you know, in, in homes all across America, it's so important to make sure that they understand what you're a part of and what our why is and how they fit into that why because without them, we're nothing. And uh, so, so that takeaway for me is probably going to serve me for the rest of my career. It's an amazing segment of the market that you enter, Steve. I've been reading just recently knowing we were going to talk today uh, that the baby boomer generation born in the 40s and 50s um, has produced a tremendous 83.7 million, almost double the estimated number of 65-year-olds in the country. Roughly 10,000 people will turn 65 every day for the next 20 years. So this increasing elderly population uh, necessitates more health care and more service and more first responders, as I like to think of those in the same um, parlance as first responders. The people who give home care to me are like firemen and ambulance drivers. They're first responders. And the paid regulated number of senior care providers in the U.S. in 2012 was 58,500, servicing over 8 million people. That number is just like going through the roof. So anytime anyone thinks that there are uh, it's got to be a crowded segment of the market. It's got to be a really competitive place. Not really, is it, when you consider how many people are in need of the services that companies like Brightstar and your company, Comfort Care, and others in this in this competitive set are servicing. Um, how are we making that that kind of a difference to the consumer who who calls for care? How do you, in the marketplace, get the consumer to uh, understand the difference in the value proposition that Comfort Care provides over all the others in the set. Yeah, and I think that's a great observation and a great question. Um, I would tell you that I, I love your analogy. I mean, that, that's how I feel about these caregivers, the folks that are in in, yep. in our families' homes and in our loved ones' homes, taking care of uh, you know aging adults. Those are the the unsung heroes, the unrecognized workforce that is providing so much value, and that's something that I learned quickly as I came into this organization. I can, I can tell you, Stan, just a little offshoot on that, is that because of that uh, recognition um, of these uh, folks that support our loved ones and how they really haven't been elevated uh, in the community in terms of the work they do, uh, we started driving an initiative when I came to Comfort Care called Caregiver First. And that initiative includes um, mentor programs, career opportunity for advancement. It includes um, uh, all types of support and family support programs to help them develop in their personal and professional life in our business. And then we, of course, share, the, share our values share um, our goals as an organization, and really try to create awareness, um, you know, for, for these special people. So, so that, I'm glad we got to highlight that because I think it's critical. The um, second part of your question was more about how do we differentiate ourselves. Um, I think the mere statement of this idea of comfort care, um, a corporate mission or objective is to help people live their best life possible, is in itself very differentiating. Um, the company's actually in its fifth anniversary of a memory program called DementiaWise, 
which is really an incredible program um, that um, is specifically for clients with Alzheimer's and other forms of dementia. There's an adjunct program to that called Joyful Memories, where we use music, genre-based music for association with our clients. And I will tell you, I, Stan, I have been at conferences with our owners as they tell me in tears about how they applied these programs, especially Joyful Memories, to a client in the home and that the client would find a moment of clarity out of uh, you know, their, their uh, fog and, and ask questions like, where's Bob or Susie? Uh, and become clear enough, sometimes for hours or more, uh, something about the stimulation of the memory association, you know, I'm still learning as I go along here, but it is incredibly moving. So I would say a differentiator is those, you know, the strong um, care enhancement programs, which is what I call them, the whole dementia-wise, uh, joyful memories. There's also an initiative here to focus on ensuring that the caregiver is providing meaningful activities in the home. Uh, what we don't want is a caregiver in the home making sure meds are taken or doing whatever the lighthouse duty or chores are and then kind of, you know, on their phone and not attentive. So we create opportunities for the caregiver through our care plan and our programs to interact in a meaningful way with the client. And it's fulfilling for both the caregiver and the client. It's stimulating. Um, and, it, and it creates a very positive environment. Uh, for our caregiver and for the client. Um, I think another differentiator is our recent partnership with Kindred. Um, and in that regard, uh, we're providing a comprehensive approach to transitions of care in the industry. So that's uh, a very exciting relationship. And then finally, I would say, uh, you know, we've moved the organization into private, du private duty nursing cert certification. So, um, we're now uh, helping franchisees to provide nursing-related uh, home care services to clients and expanding our capabilities. So think of it as home care to home health. Um, and, that, and that gives uh, you know, not only revenue growth, but care growth opportunities for the whole system. You're listening to Franchise Today, now in its ninth season of podcasting. I'm Stan Friedman, along with my co-host, Paul Segreto. And today we're talking with Steve Greenbaum, serial entrepreneur, founder, franchisor, past chair of the IFA, IFA award winner, current CEO of Comfort Care. Franchise Today is brought to you by the Franchise Foundry, where Paul and his team have been bringing emerging brands to market for more than 30 years. The Foundry fosters healthy, sustainable growth for their clients, the kind that comes from experience. The Franchise Foundry provides both coaching and consulting. It's a hybrid approach, delivering more effective solutions for both the franchisor's corporate team as well as for their franchisees. The Franchise Foundry team is rich in practical, hands-on experience and expertise with general business management, operational and change management, digital marketing, and of course, franchise recruitment and development. Plus, the Foundry team can also assist with creating roadmaps for potential mergers and acquisitions and provide the kind of guidance needed to navigate them. You can learn more about Paul Segreto and the Franchise Foundry along with their expanding list of clients at www.franchisefoundry.com. 
Franchise Today is also brought to you by FRM Solutions, offering best-in-class CRM and document management software designed specifically for franchising. FRM empowers real-time business intelligence, communication, and collaboration between all members of the franchisor's team and prospective as well as existing franchisees. This enables you to simply and seamlessly track, access, and manage all messages to and from prospective and existing franchisees, including text. Legal compliance is simplified as well with FRM's document management, and even site visits can be digitally facilitated and scored with FRM. Make today the day you give FRM a look and assure that all of your candidate and franchisee correspondence, including text messages, are being permanently tracked and stored in candidate and franchisee records. FRM even provides state-of-the-art digital experiences for your prospective franchisees, replacing old-style virtual brochures. No long-term contracts, multiple upgrades each year at no additional cost, no excuses, just solutions on the web at frmsolutions.com. So, Steve, tell us a little bit about um, Care Patrol and how does that acquisition uh, fold into or does it fold into Comfort Care and, and the relationship between the two? Yeah, no, I, I, it absolutely does. You know, Riverside's objective was to create an organization that serves um, clients along the continuum of care or through transitions of care. And, um, you know, Care Patrol is, is actually the nation's uh, leading or largest senior care placement organization. And the work they do is helping families find the right facility for their loved one. And um, it's, it's really an interesting model because what they fundamentally do, Stan, is they build relationships with um, local facilities. They um, uh, get to know the differences between the facilities. They pre- pre-screen them. They look at the safety uh, factors. They look at the history and quality of care and the cost. So if your loved one was looking for, or you were looking for your loved one um, for facility-based care, they would uh, know the local market, they'd understand your needs, wants, likes, desires, and if you needed memory care or other special services, and then they would provide three or four options after vetting through a series of options and would ultimately take you on tour, a guided tour of those facilities to help determine, um, again, the best facility for the family or someone's loved one. And so it's, it's, it's really, again, just a wonderful business. And it, it is uh, consistent with uh, the objective of serving along the continuum of care because for home care and for people that can age in place and want to stay in their home, comfort care is a phenomenal option. For folks that that option may not be as viable, we have a solution to help them find the best solution for their needs. So the, the fit is perfect, and, it, and it's I will tell you the, uh, the the people of service in both these organizations are wonderful, and uh, really work hard to do the right thing by their clients. Steve, um, as we um, you know just past the halfway point of the show, would like to talk some about you know the franchise model. How does this all come together in a franchise model moving forward? and who are the type of individuals that you're looking for. Okay. Well, um, two, two different um, 
types of businesses. So let me sort of explain the differences. You know, Comfort Care is a business where we're providing um, in-home services through caregivers. Uh, that can either be done direct to consumer. Oftentimes we work in a large variety of referral-based relationships. Um, so there, there's quite a bit of referring hospitals, long-term ins care insurance companies, workers' comp organizations. And um, uh, so, so uniquely in the business of making sure that we have uh, you know, quality-based people that can go in and help take care of uh, folks, families, and loved ones in their home. The other business is uh, more of a placement type of service. Um, so, you know, again, uniquely different. I think I explained it uh, fairly well on the Care Patrol side. Uh, it, what we look for in a franchisee, um, and I think it's fairly relevant in both models, are um, oftentimes people that come out of the medical industry or the healthcare industry, uh, uh, the um, uh, pharmaceuticals industry, you know, people that in one way or another have been influenced or touched by um, uh, injury or illness with a loved one, memory needs or care with a loved one. Uh, you know, these are very much community relationship businesses. And um, in, in both of these brands, we have a lot of uh, servant uh, leadership-based people folks that come out of law enforcement, that come out of community service, um, you, you know, it's very, very unique. They tend to make, um, you know, great franchise owners. You've got to have a heart for service and a calling for the care and a mind for people. And when it comes to the franchise business model, we can do the rest. You guys know, and most of us on the call that have been involved in franchising, you know, our Objective, objectives as responsible franchisors is to have a well-articulated, well-trained, well-supported franchise system uh, that supports a brand and a set of values uh, and delivers a quality value proposition not only to our franchise owners but to our customers and clients. Excellent. And, um, and we have that. So, with the, <laughs> obviously, right. with yeah. the with the two models, I mean, um, are you looking for? franchisees to operate both? I mean, is that um, what your goal is? Yeah, no, I, I think not, quite frankly. Um, okay. They are uniquely different. So our objective is to build this multi-brand platform company that services um, aging adults along the continuum of care. Um, so to be frank with you, franchisees are probably going to be unique from uh, brand to brand to brand. And part of, I think, our role as an organization, because we, we get a significant amount of franchise inquiries, you know, on a daily basis for both brands, is to help guide our candidates or prospective franchise owners through a thoughtful process to help them to understand the unique differences between the brands and help them find the right fit. And one of the things I'm really enjoying about this role is that if you feel a calling for helping take care of others, if you want to serve uh, people in the community, um, this opportunity to serve among a number of, to, to find the right fit in that space with the Comfort Care family of brands is, is highly likely and very capable. I, I think a big differentiator also is if you're a person that likes to lead people and build an organization with people, 
the comfort care offering is really more staff, uh, you know, staff-centric uh, because you're, you're building a team of caregivers. Um, the Care Patrol brand is a non-staffed model. Uh, oftentimes the owner-operator will provide the service themselves or have a very small staffer team, lower overhead. Um, so it, it really depends on what type of opportunity an individual is looking for as well. What do you look for for a franchisee in terms of a day in the life? If you were describing the opportunity to respectively for either of the two brands, as you just kind of started to touch on a little bit, um, what's it look like to walk a day in the shoes of one of your franchisees? What are they spending most of their time doing? Yeah, I, th I think they're um, fairly consistent in a number of ways and, and maybe a little different in others. Um, you know, at the, at the comfort care side regarding home care, a lot of the work is done building relationships with um, local case managers, uh, as I mentioned, local doctors, hospitals, the folks that are going to refer um, clients. So there's a ton of relationship building, relationship-based marketing. And then, you know, Stan, I was just in Houston yesterday meeting with um, our uh, brand family there. And I will tell you that uh, the owners are also very, very involved in the initial conversations with families about, uh, you know, um, the value and the benefit of utilizing their service. In other words, they're personally involved in a lot of the onboarding of clients because they want families to know what they care about and what they can expect and trust when mm -hmm. we provide um, services. So the, the whole home visit piece is very, very powerful. And then, as I mentioned before, the um, community support piece, working with referrals, um, that's very common. On the, you know, just to kind of differentiate, Care Patrol, they're doing more in the area of, you know, all of the uh, relationship building we talked about, but also the guided tours, the assessing uh, locations and facilities to make sure they're right for our clients. And, and really getting involved. This is a heavy community-based business. Steve, are you still yeah, with us? Yeah, we're going through some major, major <laughs> thunderstorm here that just is rocking things like you wouldn't believe. Well, I'm just uh, kind of you go here, I can hold up against any thunderstorm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> knock this off off the air there for a minute, Paul. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I keep seeing the, uh, the, um, Wi-Fi kind of flicker over here. So, uh, if, if I wind up off stand, you know, keep, keep taking us uh, home, but Steve, what kind of investment level, um, does a franchisee look at, you know, for either one of the, uh, opportunities? Yeah. So the, um, comfort care investment is, um, uh, somewhere in the, uh, and I don't have an FDD in front of me, um, but it is somewhere in the um, seventy-five dollars to $150,000 range, just in, in round numbers. And the Care Patrol investment is somewhere in the forty dollars to $50,000 investment. Yeah, so, oh, did I lose uh, you? So reasonable. No, we're good. No, no, so reasonable. I'm going in and out of mute because of the uh, – uh, the thunder, but you know, certainly a, a reasonable investment, and certainly uh, a way to give back to uh, the community. So we, we talked early on uh, when I was doing the uh, introduction 
about some additional expansion plans that uh, Riverside Company has, uh, I guess, you know, been thinking about, and obviously you're, uh, you're leading this. What are some of those expansion plans? Where do you see this going? Yeah, well, as, as I mentioned before, um, this whole notion of kind of looking at opportunities along the continuum of care is exactly what we're doing. So um, there are a number of uh, organizations that do home modifications. Um, that's something that we're interested in. We're clearly looking at businesses in the areas of wellness and nutrition. We're looking at businesses in the area of, you know, sort of mind, body, and physical. Um, looking in the areas of, um, you know, again, home health. Uh, you know, just literally want to be a go-to organization um, for aging adults. Steve, do your franchisees operate in an office environment, or what? what is the physical infrastructure of the business look like? Yeah, so our comfort care franchisees um, do operate in a physical office because they, they do hiring, training, recruiting, and I believe that many of our Care Patrol franchisees as well. You know, Stan, I just realized a point of distinction that's very important, and I, I should have mentioned this early in the call. Um, one distinction for uh, Comfort Care is that our franchisees in the greater Houston area are known as at your side. And so oftentimes you'll hear the organization refer to franchisees as the Comfort Care at your side franchisees. Um, so it's important just to make note for anyone listening from the Houston area that might say, gee, that's something I haven't thought about. Um, the brand the company uses in the greater Houston area is actually at your side, which I think had something to do with some trademark issues in the early foundings of the company probably 20 years ago. Um, but, but it's important to mention because they're an important aspect of our organization and if anyone from that group is listening i don't want them to think that i've, I've left <laughs> <laughs> paul are you with us or are we have yes, we lost I am you back. <laughs> yeah so, right, you're struggling. so steve how would yeah no it's 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 getting very very dark here and i just want to make sure we don't lose uh connection i mean we've already done franchise today through a homeland security bomb scare <laughs> So thunderstorm can't do much to us. Steve, how would um, individuals learn more about, you know, both opportunities? Yeah, thank you. Thank you for asking that. I appreciate it very much. Um, so they would, they would go to um, either our website, which would be comfortcarefranchise.com or um, carepatrolfranchise.com. So either comfortcare.com or comfortcarefranchise.com or carepatrol.com or carepatrolfranchise.com, which would be the best way to go, or they could just simply call 888-806-9130, and they can talk to someone that can help uh, explain the opportunity. Any expos or places that you're going to be in the, in the coming weeks where people can find you as well? Well, I, I personally will be in D.C. for our Franchise Action Network meeting, um, so I'm excited about that. I'm going to be at um, – so unfortunately, prospective franchisees, probably not through the end of the year. Um, but on a business level, if franchise professionals wanted to connect, um, you know, the franchise action meeting and then clearly the uh, – um, 
Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> Leadership uh, development. Lane's event, Dan. Um, oh, okay. Springboard. 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 Yeah. yeah. So I'll be at Springboard as well. But again, that would only be interesting to uh, you know franchise professionals who wanted to connect. You know. Got it. Got it. So Steve, we're about to wrap it up. Um, if there were a single question that you wished Paul or I had asked and didn't, or a statement or parting words that you'd want to share with the audience, what would those be? Yeah, thank you, Stan. No, I, I think a single statement would be, first of all, thank you both for the work you do to uh, raise thank the you. visibility and the value, uh, helping people understand what your, you know, what franchise, what it is, what it isn't, um, and helping to showcase leadership and, and franchisors. It's a valuable program, and it means a lot, and I'm not just saying this because you featured me. I think it's a benefit. I would say thank you to the people that serve this great industry because it creates more jobs and more opportunity than anything I've ever known. And then I think my final closing remarks would be live your best life possible and, uh, you know, follow whatever takes you there. And um, you deserve the best. We all do. We work hard. We care deeply. And anyone in franchising knows this is a family and a community, not just a business. All said well. Yeah. And, and very much so. Really appreciate very being much with so. us today, Steve. And, and on behalf of Paul and myself, I want to thank you very much for your contributions to franchising and the industry as a whole and just your friendship over the years. Absolutely. Same to both of you. Thank you, Stan. Absolutely. Thanks, Steve. All right, guys. Take care. So, so you know, Stan, it's uh, interesting. You know, we have springboard coming up and, uh, we hadn't even talked much about it. So I'm going to tell, you know, all the emerging brand founders that are out there, if you're thinking of joining, you know, the franchise community as a franchisor, get online and join the Springboard uh, Unconference. That's going to be in Philadelphia. And let's get the dates. Uh, Wednesday, September 19th uh, through the 22nd. I mean, it is a, a great event. Um, Steve will be there. There'll be a host of, of other franchisors that'll be there. So many great people for you to uh, tap into. And then I saw yesterday um, uh, an old friend of ours in franchising, Sid Feltenstein, will be uh, one of the speakers. Um, I, I think it's going to be a great event. To me, uh, I look forward to it more than any other event all year. Well, Springboard is an opportunity not only to uh, – to have the benefit of hearing and learning from uh, people who have been in this business for a long time for those emerging franchisors who attend. But because it's such a small conference in terms of in comparison to like an IFA convention, um, those sure. franchisors that those franchisors of emerging brands that go to springboard, don't just attend, they participate. And the way Lane and Brad have put that program together over the years and the help of, some really incredible people in franchising um, who contribute to it, Ron Film and Charlie Chase, Shelley's son. It's an endless list of people who pay it forward by helping emerging brands get the dose of culture as well as information and camaraderie. Um, there's no event that you get as much out of as an emerging franchisor on every one of those fronts as you will at a springboard. So I would certainly um, join you in endorsing 
this conference as a deep place to be, the go-to place to be for emerging franchisors. Yep, absolutely. Well, Stan, another uh, great show. Um, I'm going to be uh, very much um, proactive in uh, in the upcoming uh, Springboard event. I will be uh, leading one of the discussions uh, on grassroots marketing for franchise systems. So I'm anxious to be doing that again. I think that's going to be my fourth year running doing that. Uh, so I'm honored to do that. But also, I'd like to announce officially that Franchise Today website is under construction, and I hope it'll be up and running before year's end, as well as a website for our new podcast, uh, Franchising and You, which is focused on franchise candidates that airs Saturday mornings at 8.30 a.m. Central Time. So we got some exciting things going on to further take the message out to the masses about this great, great thing we call franchising, Stan. And I'm proud that you're right here along with me uh, on this journey. Always a pleasure, Paul. Happy to be here and having more fun every week as we go along. Well, until next week, my name is Paul Segreto, wishing you the best, the very best, again, as we say in this great, great thing called franchising and franchise today is <laughs> franchise pros stand the man paul segreto time to show you the way of franchising today hey do you possess the spirit of an entrepreneur or lay your business plan down like a rug or a floor or maybe you have a dream of opening a chain of delis or whatever passion life that pilot life under your belly or do you want to start a business fam using the proven trademark from another brand huh and grow together and expand like a rage of fire from a single to a multi-unit empire well pay attention to this podcast that you hear and streaming in hd Fine tune both your ears. And standing Paul lays down the law. Whether you want to be a franchisee or a franchisor, it's all about sustainable growth, the sensible franchising, proving concepts to start enterprises. So use your left and right side of your brain and absorb this knowledge here of franchising today. Huh, Badlands, baby. Huh. Franchising today, sustainable growth, the sensible franchising. Franchise today. Sustainable growth. The sensible franchise. Franchise today. Franchise today. Franchise today.